Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Okay, this is Charles Kelly. How are you doing? Welcome to Money Tips. I want to tell you today that the London property market is is changing. It it really is changing. And in fact, so many landlords now are, are leaving the market. They're selling up that there's a statistic out that 85,000 landlords have now quit the property market or just walked away, sold up, done something different in the last five years. Now, I want you to, just before I go on, please like and share this information if you can, share it with your friends, and, and also do check out my free training to, to give you lots more money tips and advice on how you can uh, get your, your finances in order. I'm not giving specific financial advice, but I'm telling you in general terms how you can get your finances in order and, and start to build real wealth. Now look, in the last five years, 85 landlords have just left the property market. I think they've just sort of had enough. I, I was actually one of them. I, I started uh, reducing my exposure to, to buy-to-let property when George Osborne, uh, the famous George Osborne, brought in his, his tax uh, hikes on, on landlords and, and brought in other legislation as well, but gave tax breaks to big corporations and companies that wanted to, to buy property. For instance, the stamp duty, the 3% levy on, on small p- people buying properties, but it didn't apply to large companies buying multiple properties. Uh, the, the tax relief changes didn't apply to, to, to companies buying within limited companies, whereas most uh, landlords, the, the vast majority of, of landlords always bought their properties through uh, j- just in their own names or, or with a partner. So we, we know that these tax breaks have not helped small landlords in, in any way whatsoever. Uh, so a lot of them got fed up at that point, and, and I was one of them, 2017-18. Uh, but it's got worse than that, uh, because now we've got more government red tape. We've had to comply with more uh, legislation, more more things to do, electrical reports, for instance. I mean, you know, I, I agree that a property should be safe, but whenever you get one of these electricity, they're always going to find something wrong. They're always going to find some cable that is now no longer compliant and you always end up spending you know four or five hundred pounds in extra work so it's great news for electricians but not so much not so so for for landlords so we've had higher costs we've had extra tax charges and 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 this is why i think um you know not only are they uh, you know these these changes gone into force but now they're, they're worried about new legislation to give tenants more rights possible sort of lifelong tenancies that maybe landlords don't want. And and the big one that's hit the headlines is the ending of no-fault evictions. Now, eviction sounds a very emotive word, but what we're saying is that at the end of a tenancy, you know, you've got to have a reason to to, to get back your property. Eviction just means you want your property back, right? So it's not a question of, you know, at a whim, a landlord is going to start throwing people out. Uh, a lot of tenants will not leave at the end of the tenancy. They want a Section 21 notice. They want to be evicted. 
and, and therefore that they can go to the council and get housed in the council. But now that this could end, um, that the no-fault eviction could end, which means you will not just be able to take back control of your property without a good and valid reason. So that's another reason why uh, landlords are quitting the market and, and have done in their droves. I mean, it's getting on for 100,000 properties off the market. And this is why, uh, now what happens in, in the law of supply and demand? What happens when there's less uh, products and more people are chasing that product? Well, of course, the price goes up as in any, any market. And demand for rental properties, according to Rightweaver, has risen by an average of 14%. But in some parts of London, it's risen by, like in the Romford area, it's risen by over 100%. This is inquiries for, for rental properties. And in some areas, it's as much as 200% rise in the last year, according to, to Right Move. Yet the number of available properties in the last year has dropped by 35%. So is it surprising that prices have gone up? And is it surprising when you think of all the, and this is just in the London area, maybe in your area it's different. But of course, we saw that rents uh, dropped during the last few years and, and people were moving out, but now they seem to be moving back in. And London will always be London. People will want to live in London. There's jobs in London. There's opportunities in London. So people will want to live nearer to their work. But this is what's been happening and, and this is as a result, direct result, I, I think, of, of government intervention into a, what was working quite well as, as, a, as a free market. It was working quite well for many, many years. Don't forget, the government have not built enough council houses and not, not, not built enough social houses since really uh, the late 1980s. So it's no fault of, of private landlords that there is a shortage of properties. So I've written about this before. I talked about trouble ahead for landlords with, with the no-fault evictions. But now I'm saying things are, are getting worse. Now, of course, if you're a landlord and you've got a property, you can get a bit more rent for it. But a lot of landlords don't want that. They just think it's, it's just becoming too much of a hassle. Don't forget, most landlords are small landlords. They've got one or two properties. They may have inherited a property. They may become an accidental landlord, uh, but they're not the big corporations that have got lots and lots of properties. And these big companies, they're not going to want to deal with every type of letting situation. Uh, they, they want the lucrative market. They want the, the co-living spaces. They want the luxury end of the market. They don't want to deal in the nitty gritty end. You know, the Lloyds Banks and the Goldman Sachs are getting into property. They, they, they will probably go for the upper end of the market and they'll mess it up anyway. Big companies have too many costs. They have too many staff on board. They won't run it as efficiently as, as, as most private landlords. Now, that, that leads me on to another thing, the property market in general. I, I talked about the property market, which, which was which was predicted to fall by 8% next year. This is according to uh, one of the lenders, Lloyd's Halifax. But look at this, London to be hit hardest by the market. This is in the Evening Standard. Incidentally, the, the editor of the Evening Standard is, is one George Osborne. He's no longer in politics. He's now telling us what to do in his newspapers. But it's a bleak warning for homeowners as bank uh, again, raises interest rates again. So, so that's that's not good news. Um, house prices dive at the fastest rate for 18 months after the, the mini budget. So, so things are looking pretty serious for the for the property market in general. Um, now, I just want to to show you a couple of other things here, uh, because what, what what I'm seeing here is a, is a pattern of things that are, are going on here, and it's it's things that. Are, are, are looking to me like uh, we're going to see a big change in, in the property market in the next year or so. Because landlords now are also faced with higher interest rates, of course. We're, 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 we're now being hit with higher interest rates. And it's 
it means that the the affordability test for uh, just just the affordability test for for a buy to let mortgage has just gone completely out of the window now. It just doesn't doesn't add up. And I was talking to a mortgage broker the other day, and he said that the affordability test is just gone. Now you can see here that London needs almost eighty five thousand new private rented homes a year. The report warns, and you you can read that full article at the National Registered Landlords Association. So that that's quite a serious thing. That that's not going to happen, is it? We're not going to see eighty-five thousand new properties, new rented properties in a year. Clearly, you know they're not building enough. Uh, it, it it's just just not going to to happen. So that that's one report there uh, that that, it, that is quite clear what's going on. Uh, other report here that I picked up in the press is the average London rents now have hit five hundred and fifty-three pounds a week a week, right? So that's twenty-five thousand a year. Um, now, a lot of people don't even earn that much. And, you know, certainly after tax, a lot of people, you know, you'd have to be on the mid 30s to earn 25,000 after tax. And then you'd be paying 100% of your income in, in rent on, on average. Now, of course, this, this would include properties that people can share, but it's not unusual to find a property, two people sharing in a property paying 20 odd thousand a year. Uh, and in that report, it says that people are going over their budgets, uh, they, they, you know, they just can't afford. And, and there's people, you know, on waiting lists and 30 people going for for one rental property. Now, I, I remember being in this situation myself many, many years ago when I started out trying to find uh, a property. So this is not new in London. Uh, I remember having to ring up a, a letting agent every day. And if you didn't ring up by sort of 9.30, everything was gone. That was just for viewings. I remember getting on a bus and going to a viewing and there was loads of people there already. They beat me to it. And then he said, right, there's another viewing in, in another place. And I, I had to jump on a bus there. And by the time I got there, some other people had driven there and that was gone. And it was it was total despair, you know. So I, I, I've been there. I, I feel for the people that, that are in this this situation. So look out for that. I, I think the property market is in for a change in the next year with higher interest rates, with the, the, the cost of living crisis, the property market is bound to, to slow down. I, I don't think it's going to be an out and out crash, but it is definitely uh, on the move downwards, right? And you, I think there's no doubt about that. Now, the cost of living. Uh, millions of people have no savings as this is at a time when prices are soaring. So, you know, this is because people have no backup. They don't have a, a backup plan. They don't have any buffer in the bank. And, and this is despite living in one of the richest countries in the world. It's the sixth or seventh richest country, fifth, sixth or something like that, richest country in the world, depending on how you measure it, GDP per person or GDP per capita, depending on how you measure it, we are still in the top 10, at least, of the richest countries in the world. And yet, uh, a quarter of adults in the UK have less than £100 in savings. Now, £100 is, is nothing. They have less than £100 in savings. Um, this is according to a survey by the Money and Pensions Service. Uh, they, they've, they've surveyed thousands of people and they found out that 17% of those people have nothing set aside, absolutely zero. That's that's one in six. Um, and then 5% uh, have less than £50, 4% between 50 and £100 in savings. So you can say that a quarter of people in the UK have virtually no savings. Um, you know, and that you know, 50 or 100 pounds in savings could just be swallowed up by, you know, an extra bill or, you know, a parking ticket or or, or something breaking down. It wouldn't even cover the breakdown of, of a washing machine. 
so as the cost of living soars, uh, the figures predict that millions of people, if you take those figures and spread it over the population, millions of people have actually no savings in the in the, in the richest uh, country or one of the richest countries in the world. And, and people in America are in the same sort of position. In, in Asian countries, they tend to save more, especially in countries like Japan. But here, it seems to have gone out to the window. People are more likely to buy lottery tickets where you're certain to lose than put your money into, say, a pension or a mutual fund where you're almost certain to win. Um, you know, they'd rather sort of take a chance on a lottery where you've got 14 million chance to one chance of winning. You're almost certain to lose. And, and yet I see in the poorest areas, uh, people relying on uh, turning to gambling, turning to uh, the lottery, buying scratch cards and, and this sort of thing. You know, people that can at least afford it uh, seem to, to, to follow the, these habits. A lot of wealthy people I know don't even buy a, a lottery ticket. You know, they, they just think it's not a good uh, bet to, to, to go on. It's not a good way of saving for, for retirement or for anything in the, for that matter. Now, as I said last week, the Bank of England have, have said in, in the past that we're already in a recession. I think we are. We may not officially be according to the, the, the two quarters rule. That's two quarters of uh, negative GDP. But we certainly seem to be in a recession. Prices are just becoming unaffordable for even for things like you know food and basic things and, and your, your household goods. So now the Bank of England are warning that we will enter the longest recession uh, in, in since they... Uh, you know, since records began in, in this form, the longest recession, I, I wouldn't say it's ever, but it's certainly since records began. I, I, I've seen quite long recessions in my own lifetime, and I'm sure there have been longer recessions in, in the 1930s. But since they started uh, measuring in this way, it's going to be the longest recession, certainly for the last 40 years. And this is now as they've raised interest rates by the highest level ever, by, by half a percent since 1989. You know, we know that rates have crept, crept up. We know that mortgage rates are becoming unaffordable. We know that 100,000 people a month and 2 million people are in mortgages which are affected by these, these rate rises. In other words, they're not in a fixed rate or they're coming to an end of a fixed rate. So how will people manage when their mortgage goes up from, say, five or six hundred pounds a month to maybe 12 or 1500 pounds a month? This is on top of gas and electricity bills doubling and trebling, despite the fact that the price of wholesale gas and, and fuel and that sort of thing, the wholesale oil market, uh, prices have come down. So what are we going to do about it? Well, you know what? In, in every uh, recession, there are, there are opportunities. You know, more people make money in a, in a recession or in a downturn than, than in an upturn. And that doesn't sound logical, uh, but, it, but it is true because there are more opportunities to, to pick up assets at lower prices. So and, and there are more opportunities to maybe, uh, you know, compete against other businesses that are not even working or just going out of business or just giving up. So there are big opportunities in a recession. You get a big shakeup of things. Things change. There's a disruption in the economy. And that's when you can move in if you have the right money mindset. Now, to help you with this, I, I've got some training, which I want you to, to check out. It's a free training. Just have a look at that. Just go on to, to the link below and check out my, my money training, Mastering Your Money. And it is a lot, a lot of it is about money mindset. Um, many people know what they need to do, but for some reason they just don't do it. And, and, you know, it's like you know what you have to do to be successful. So why don't you do it? There's lots of free stuff out there telling you how to be successful. So it is a mindset thing. And, and that's why I put this this free training up. So do click on that link. So in the meantime, I'll be back later on in the week with another uh, Money Tips broadcast. Uh, thanks for listening. 
and I will speak to you again very soon in the future. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips. And by the way, check out my book, uh, Borrow and Grow Rich. Sounds a bit illogical in this in this day and age, but borrowing doesn't necessarily mean just going out and getting money from a bank. Uh, people over the centuries have used other people's money uh, to, to make fortunes, just as uh, Richard Branson has, Elon Musk, and uh, uh, the Amazon guy, Jeff Bezos. They've all used other people's money uh, to, 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 to get to, to become fabulously wealthy. In fact, um, Amazon was losing money for the first five or six years and he had to keep going back to investors saying, look, I need another 50 million. I need another 20 million to keep it going. Similar thing with, with Elon Musk when the first three space rockets he put up, uh, you know, costing him hundreds of millions of dollars just went up in smoke. And you can imagine the feeling when you, you send up this rocket and it blows up in the sky or, or just blows up on, on takeoff. Uh, and yet he kept going. He kept going back to his investors. He just said, I need more money. He had a belief in his product. So that's what other, you know, borrow and grow rich is, is really about. And you can get lots of tips there. You can buy it on, on Amazon. You can also find it on Audible as an audio book. OK, so enough about my book. Thanks for listening. And remember that in recessions, there are lots of opportunities if you have the right mindset. So don't be fearful. You know, just work your way through this. And things will come to an end, just like we're going into winter now, but winter always comes to an end and then we have spring coming. So thanks for listening. And I, I will speak to you again in the future and, and check out my free trading. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. Thank you.